0: We we're talking about our journey, we we're talking about who are we, where are we going, who's going with us, who are we following, and today we're going to talk about want versus need. And let's start off with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity today to, to get into your word, Father. We just ask you to just take myself out of the way, Father. Open our hearts and minds to receive it and just let your true message shine through. We ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. I mean, let's, uh, let's go to Mark chapter 11. And this is the, uh, the triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And when they came nigh to Jerusalem, and Bethany and the Mount of Olives, and he sent forth his new disciples, they said, Go unto your way to the village over against you. As soon as you entered unto it, you also find a colt tied. And whoever the man said, Loosen him and bring him. And if any man say unto you why he does this, ye say, The Lord has need of him, and straightway he will send him hither. And when they went on the way, they found the colt tied, and with the door, and they placed him where two ways he met, and they loosed him. And certain of them stood and said, What are they losing thy colt? And they said unto them, As Jesus has commanded, they let him go, and they brought the colt to Jesus. And they cast their garments on him and sat upon them. And many spread their garments down along the way, cutting down branches off the trees and shrewd them on the way. And when they went before them, they followed and cried and saying, Hosanna, blessed that cometh in the name of the Lord. Blessed be the kingdom of the father David that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And Jesus entered to Jerusalem and into the temple. And we had looked around about these things. And now the event had to come and went out into Bethany with the twelve. Now I want to turn over and I want to look at John's account of this. Because there's a few things that John mentions that we need to, to look at today. So that's going to be in John 12. And then verse 12. On the next day, much people that were coming to the feast had heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. they took branches of palms and trees and went forth to meet him and cried, Hosanna, blessed is the king of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. And Jesus, when he had found a young ass, sat upon there, it is written, For thou the daughter of Zion, behold, the king cometh on an ass's colt. And these things understood that his disciples at the first. But when Jesus was glorified, they remembered these things were written of him, and they, they had done these things unto him. And the people therefore that was him called Lazarus out of the grave and raised him from the dead to bear record. For these things caused the people also to meet, for they had heard for the things he had done, this miracle. And the Pharisees therefore said among them, Perceive how he prevailed nothing. Behold, the world has gone after him. I just want you to let that sit in and just resonate for a few moments while we talk about how we act as, as humans. We have our wants and we have our needs. And our needs come down to our core needs. We need shelter. We need to be protected from the heat, the cold, the rain, the elements. We need food. Now, know, we look about shelter, something as simple As a a manger. As a place carved out of a rock. A place where they would store the animals. That's shelter. We think about food. We need to eat. We need to have nourishment. We need to stay strong. Like manta. That comes from the heaven. Bread. We need water. We need to stay hydrated. We have to drink. Like water that... Flowed out of a rock. We need companionship. Like when God said it wasn't good for man to be alone, so He created woman. All through the world, the Word, God provides us with our needs. But it seems like that's never good enough for us. Because we don't want just shelter, we want a mansion. We don't want just food, we want a gourmet meal. We don't want water, we want wine. We're not even content with companionship, they're always looking for something better. And this is a fault that we have since the very beginning. And see, we have to recognize our faults. See, no matter what your situation is, no matter what you're dealing with, you know, if you ever have any kind of of therapy resolution where you're going to go and you're going to talk about your problems, that's one thing that you have to do from the very beginning is you have to stand up. You have to be able to freely divulge what your problem is. You have to admit that you have a problem. And over these next two Sundays, we're going to start today, we're going to carry over into next week. And by the end of those two things, you need to be able to strongly stand up and divulge two things. Number one is that you are a sinner. And that's going to be hard because nobody likes to think of themselves as being faulted in any way. We don't like to think of ourselves as having anything negative that we put out there. We don't want to think of ourselves as being bad, being evil, doing bad things. But the fact is, we are all sinners born into sin. It is time for us to have that realization it is time to start standing up. It is time to start declaring that, and it's time to start doing something about it. And number two, we need to strongly and boldly declare that we all need a savior. That we cannot navigate this world alone. That we cannot buy. We cannot correct. We cannot do enough. To get ourselves into heaven. We need to stop wondering. We need to stop thinking. Maybe taking away the what if, the what out. And we need to start believing. We need to have faith. We need to come to the realization that God is alive and well. That God Sent his son. So that we all can be redeemed. That we can be saved. That we can secure our place. In heaven. We have all these. Wants. We have all these wants. We have all the things that. We want to do. And I hope I'm talking to a bunch of believers. I'm hoping that we're talking to. Born again believers that believe that God is up there, God is listening. But there's a problem with that as well. It's because we have these wants and we want God to do things our way. We want to see it in our time. We want it to do it the way we want it to be done. But the fact is that we have needs and these needs need to be taken care of. And oftentimes our needs do not line up with our wants and God is concerned about our needs. Now yes, we have a loving, we have a giving God, and he wants to have us to have an abundant life. He wants to have the desires of our hearts fulfilled, but not at the cost of our needs. He wants to meet our needs first. Because that is our foundation we have to have a strong foundation in our needs and once those are met because these are the things that condition our hearts these are the things that build our character and once we have our needs met then we can start receiving our wants Because we have to do things in the correct order. We see that God created a place for man. He made the world. He made the garden. He put everything there that man needed. And then, only then, when it was ready, did he put man in it. And it's just like us. We might want some fancy furniture. But you have to have a place to put it first. We have to have that house to put it in. But so many times we put that proverbial cart before the horse and we try to get things out of order. How many times in life have we wanted something so bad and we're willing to do all these things to get it? We sacrifice in other areas. We stop being charitable. We stop doing these these things that we could be doing good, and we focus everything to get this want made. And then we find out that in the end that this thing wasn't as great. The buildup wasn't as good as we had in our mind. It worked out so much better in theory instead of in function. That once the the hunt is over, that the, the dream is where the, the, most of the pleasure took place, that the payoff was not worth the sacrifice. Where when you have your needs met, that is where the real payoff is. And God knows the difference. He knows what we need. He knows what our wants are going to get us. And we get so focused on that want. And even times when the things line up, when it looks like a need and a want is going in the same direction, we focus so much on how we want it to pay off. We want that short-term fix because we know from our past teachings that we are a person. We are people that are driven by feelings. So if we're feeling sad, if we're feeling hurt, if we're feeling in pain, we want them feelings to be corrected right then. We want that short term payoff. We want to take care of the symptoms. You know, you can have something wrong with you and you can take some kind of medication that'll treat the symptoms. It'll take care of the runny nose. It'll take care of the cough. It'll take care of the the stomach ache, whatever the case may be. But oftentimes it's not treating the source of the problem. It's just masking it. And so many times in life, that's what we're doing. We're taking our wants and we're using them to mask our needs. Now we have these two Examples that we started with today from the word of God. We see these, these people and they're, they're following the prophecy. We see the prophecy take form. We see him riding in. And these people are so excited because they're, they're throwing down their garments. They're cutting down trees. They're making a, a big spectacle. The hero is riding in. But the difference is, is the need and the want. He's riding in because he needs to be a living sacrifice for all of us, for the entire world, for everyone to have salvation, to everyone to be able to find their way back to God, to everyone to be able to secure their place in heaven for Their ransom to be paid, to be covered in the blood. That is the need. That is the need of every man, woman, and child. But they were concerned about the want. And it comes from 1 Samuel 8, 10 and 18. And Samuel told the words of the Lord that the people are asking for the king. And they said, this will be the manner of the king shall reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them for himself and his chariots to be his horsemen. And some shall be before his chariots. And he will appoint captains over thousands and captains over the fifties. And he will send to the ear to the ground and reap their harvest and to make instruments of war and instruments of chariots and he will take your daughters to be confectionaries to be cooks and to be bakers and he will take your fields and their vineyards and their even the best of them and give them to his servants and he will take a tenth of your seed and the vineyards and give them to his officers and his servants and he will take your maidservants and your maidservants and your, your goodness of young men, and your asses, and put them to his work. And he will take a tenth of your sheep, and he shall be your servants. And he shall cry out of the day, because the king which you have chosen, the Lord will not hear you in that day. Nevertheless, they refused to obey the voice of Samuel and said, Nay, but we have a king over us. And that we also be like the nations, that our king may judge us, and go out before us. And fight our battles. You see. God. Warned. The people. Because all God ever wanted. Was it to be. Him and us. And see man's got this problem about. They want to keep putting up. Barriers between us and God. That. They think we need men to make decisions for us, to lead us. And God warns that it's going to be problems. He lists all these things that are going to happen. And you know what? Nothing has changed. We don't call them kings, but we have officials That we put in the power. And it's the same thing. Except now they take more. They take their part. They take. They take. And it's all because. We're not letting God. Provide us with our needs. God will give us everything we need, but we're looking for another source. We're looking for government. We're looking for man. We're looking for a king. The king is already here. He's already been here. And here it is. We have all these people that they're cheering because they think that Jesus is is going to overthrow the current government they're in and he's going to take reign right then and there to take care of what? The problem that they put themselves into. That we put ourselves into. It's a pattern we keep repeating over and over again. We go all the way back to the garden. God says... Do not do this. Do not partake of this tree. And man thinks he knows better. He thinks we're missing out on something that we don't have to listen to God. And what do we do? We fall. God says, you don't need a king. You don't need a man to rule over you. You have me to rule over you. God is your king. God is your ruler. But no, nope, that's not good enough. We're not going to listen to God. We're going to do what we think we need to do. And we're going to put a man in that position. And what happens? Exactly what God says. We fall again. We fail. We make a mistake. And Jesus comes. Opposition, opposition, opposition. We look, and why I want to talk about John's example today is, people were gathered because they seen him raise Lazarus from the dead. They were there, they witnessed it, they saw that body come flying out of that tomb. We saw the man that was in the ground, gone long before any chance of return, and Jesus brought him back. And these are the people that are here because they witnessed this great miracle; they seen the power firsthand. And then, what do they do? They put him back in that box that we've all created for him, that we all try to stuff him in. They were trying to take the son of. God Jesus listen to what I'm telling you They're trying to take Jesus and put him in the position of a common man Jesus they wanted him to stand up and be the ruler right then and there but Jesus has so much more to do Jesus wasn't concerned about this little group. Jesus was concerned about every group and every one of us to come. If Jesus just ruled over them at that time, that wasn't do any good to any of us. But because we all need a Savior. We need something more than a man that can just simply... Make decisions from a throne. We need a Savior that can save us from our sins. We need a Savior that can cover us with His blood. That can redeem us. And that is who Jesus is. We all have our wants. And we look at the the world And we look and we see these people that just seem to get ahead no matter how evil they are. And we wonder, where's God? And we struggle sometimes so much. We struggle and we struggle and we seem like we get kicked down every time we turn around. And we wonder, where's God? And we fight. We fight our health. We fight our finances. We fight other people and we battle. And it's like, Where is God? But the thing is, our needs are being met. Every day we wake up with air in our lungs, our feet on the floor, food on the table, there's a roof above our heads. And we don't know. We can only see so far. We can only comprehend what our little minds can take in. And we don't do ourselves any favor because we don't spend enough time in the Word. We don't bother to study what God has given us. We don't spend our time in prayer. We don't try to learn. We don't try to see what God's plan is. Because God is there and He is willing to tell us. He's willing to show us. He's willing to do. But we have to have faith to believe. We have to have the willingness to accept it, to do it. And we don't, because we're focused on that want, that quick fix. Every day, you can sit by your phone, it's going to ring four or five times, and it's going to be someone trying to get your personal information, trying to believe you've won something, trying to believe... Get you to fall for something, trying to scam you. And you wonder why it is. It's because it works. Because they are tapping into that basic need to want. And we're wanting things to be different. If we only had a little more money, if we only felt a little better, if that magical pill would only help us lose weight, if we could only find the right app so we could find that person of our dreams, if we could only, if we could only, if we could only. But there we go again with the wants, with the wants, with the wants, without the need. And the need is our most important relationship is our relationship with God that can only be formed By coming through Jesus Christ. Our hunger is not from food. But our hunger is from a lack of knowledge. That we are not feeding our souls. With what God has given us in his word. Our mind wants because we are not putting the right kind of information in it. We are not filling it with things. That tell us. Right from wrong that tells us what is of the word and what is of the world. Because there is a big difference and only one matters. Nothing has changed. We are the same people that's standing there. That we read about this morning. We are still throwing down the palm trees. We're throwing down our garments, and in a few pages down, we're going to be the same ones that's going to say, "Crucify him." We're going to talk about that next week. We're the same ones. But we don't have to keep repeating the same stuff over and over again. We do not. to keep completing the cycle. We can break the cycle. We need to stop looking at what God, we perceive, and let me be clear about that, what we perceive. Because there is never a time that God is not doing, that He's not hearing us, that He is not helping us. God is precisioned. God is without fault. Everything God does is with purpose. And if you don't see that, if you don't believe that, you need to change directions of your wants. Want. That personal relationship. Want that knowledge. The answers are here in this book. God has told us everything that we need to know. To have everything that we need to have our needs met. Maybe we need to start evaluating our wants. Maybe we need to start evaluating. Why we are so driven for the things we are driven for. And why are we not driven for what we need to be driven for. The world would not be in the condition it is today if God was first and foremost. If these seats were full, if the truth was being preached each and every Sunday, if Bibles were being wore out, and if faith was running rampant, we got to change our direction. We got to fulfill our true needs and they're there god has it there we just got to learn how to receive it so many of us god's gifts are like a package sitting on your porch is there we have to pick it up we have to carry it in we have to open the box so many times we're taking god's gift we're taking the package and we're just putting it to the side we're putting it in the closet we're leaving it there we're never opening it up And we say we don't have the tools to do it. We don't have the scissors. We don't have the knife. That is what the word is. They call it the sword of the Lord. So you can open up your gifts. It's got a knife sharp blade. So you can open up your gifts. You can cut the tape. You can cut the ribbon. You can slice through the paper. But you have to have faith. You're never going to open that box if you don't believe the gift is inside. If you think it's empty, if you think it's trash, if you don't think what you need is in there, you're not going to bother with it. You're not going to pick it up. So many times in life, we'll buy so much stuff that we don't need. And we store it and we keep it. We don't throw it away because we think we're going to need it. But the one thing that we do need, we don't use. We don't pick up. We don't receive. And it doesn't cost us anything. There's no nothing but opening up our hearts, opening up our minds, taking the time to learn how to use it. Are you ready to start receiving? Are you ready to start having your needs met? Are you ready to change your direction where we're trying to Fulfill our needs with everything else. that's what we're doing. If you truly have your needs met. You don't have to have all the wants. Because the wants are just trying to fill something that isn't there. And there's only one thing that can fill that hole that is shaped like Jesus. And that is Jesus. Nothing else out there. No amount of money, no amount of fame, no amount of fortune can fulfill that whole but Jesus. Bow with me, please. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity today to, to preach your word, Father. Father, we thank you for, for Jesus. We thank you for, for him coming, Father, and the sacrifice he made. We thank you, Father, that the opinions of the people didn't sway him. That the wants of the people didn't change his mind. That no matter how things looked, no matter what he knew was coming, Father, that he still stood strong for all of us. We thank you, Father, for the patience that you show with each and every one of us. How each and every day we wake up and we fail. And we wake up and we fail. And yet, Father, you still love us and you still give us chance after chance. And you still want to see us succeed no matter how many times we fall down. No matter how many times each generation fails, you're still there for us. You're still loving us, Father, and we just praise you for that. And, Father, we know that there are people out there that are empty, that they're missing something. And we know what that is, Father. We know that we hope that that light will beacon them to you, Father, that these holes can be filled, that decisions can be made and changes can be done. And we thank you, Father, and ask these things in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen.